Welcome to this episode of Disease Du Jour podcast. The 2021 AEP convention live gathering in Nashville, Tennessee is wrapped up. But whether you attended the live convention or signed up for the virtual coverage, you can continue to watch presentations and table topics on demand for CE until March 31st, 2022. Or any registered convention goers can watch without CE forevermore. So there's lots to do. So you can get CE until the 31st of March, 2022, or you can go back and watch these topics anytime you want to. I'm your host, Kim Brown, publisher of Equimanagement. The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you in 2021 by Merck Animal Health. So what did you miss at the 2021 AAEP Live Convention that you should make sure and check out in the virtual platform? In this episode of Disease Du Jour, the Merck Animal Health Technical Services Veterinary Team is going to bring you some highlights and recommendations from presentations that they attended and insights they got from the 2021 convention. Our guests today are Dr. Bryant Craig, Dr. Dwayne Chapel, and Dr. Chrissy Schneider. Each of them is offering takeaways from topics they felt are newsworthy. So we'll state the title of the presentations in the article on equimanagement.com. So if you happen to miss that, uh, and if it is available through the AAP convention app then you or portal, you can easily go back and search for that presentation. So let's get started, and we're going to start with Dr. Chapel. Can you tell us a little bit about what you think um, were some of the ones that you attended that, that you wanted to share some information from? Hi, Kim, and thank you for the opportunity to share. You know, the biggest take home for me this year was the opportunity to just physically see people and shake hands and, you know, re- uh, invigorate those relationships that we've all had and really missed through the COVID time. So uh, I'll kick off with some things that uh, I have done year after year that I think are really uh, influential somewhat in my career, and that's the committee meetings that occur on Saturdays. Um, it, it's a place where you get to find out a little bit more about what uh, different groups are doing within AAEP and uh, certain initiatives that maybe otherwise you wouldn't get uh, much privilege to understand what occurs. The first one I went to was the Welfare and Public Policy Committee uh, that was chaired currently by Dr. Alina Vale. And uh, that group typically has uh, different constituent groups that uh, they work with outside of AEP, for example, American Horse Council, AVMA, uh, and even the newly formed Racing Authority each uh, shared some information during that committee meeting that's uh, impactful not only for their concerns, but also toward the AAEP membership. Uh, followed that, I uh, had the opportunity to go to the Professional Conduct and Ethics Committee as I chair that committee. And we emphasize the importance of uh, doing educational initiatives uh, that are going to impact our membership, though we are a committee that uh, reviews any type of disciplinary concerns related to membership. Uh, our main thrust of that committee is to try to find ways to bring ethics to a positive light and present that to the membership in different ways. One of those is through the AAEP website. There is an ethics tab you can go to and uh, 
identify different information pieces that might be useful for your practice. Uh, we contribute to EVE articles each year and we work through who will be doing those in 2022 as well as uh, working on some of the information for the 2022 ethics uh, session as well as the 2021 ethics session we mentioned that occurred this year and Dr. Craig will highlight in a bit. Uh, following that I was able to uh, visit the Infectious Disease Committee and Dr. Sally Donata is currently the chair of that committee and and they're one of the workhorse committees uh, in AEP. They accomplish a lot of things. They cover a lot of ground in a short period of time and um, they went through some different uh, updated materials that you can also access on the AEP website. Uh, we hear feedback from Dr. Nat White each year from the EDCC and the positive impact that has on the horse industry as a whole. Uh, Dr. Lutz Gehring from the Gluck Research uh, Facility gave an update this year on the EHV1 outbreak in Valencia, Spain. And we also uh, heard other information from Dr. Angela Pelzel McCluskey sharing uh, about uh, different outreaches USDA is concerned with, typically EIA, periplasmosis, and vesicular stomatitis, and most recently, triple E that's been occurring down in Mexico. So lots of good information. I'd encourage you to attend these committee meetings in the future if you're coming in a day early, and we'll, uh, we'll see if that's helpful to you. Well, and I just wanted to add for all of our listeners, uh, we started this last year based on a recommendation by the uh, uh, Merck veterinary team. We will have an interview on our final podcast of the year with Dr. Donata and talk more in depth about what happened in the Infectious Disease Committee and what that group has been doing. So just wanted to throw that in there so that our audience could make sure and not miss that last podcast of the year. Great. That'll be a fun one to catch, and, and once again, you'll realize uh, pretty quickly how much uh, this particular committee is leaned upon by AEP to accomplish a lot of tasks. Great. Um, a couple of other things that uh, I'd like to highlight. One is that Merck Animal Health has the opportunity to sponsor student scholarships each year, and I had the privilege this year of being the uh, scholarship presenter and was able to present five $5,000 scholarships. And I'd like to acknowledge those folks right now. They're third year veterinary students. Dr. Ashley Bonnet from the University of Tennessee, Dr. Brittany Campbell from Texas A&M University. Excuse me, I'm acknowledging them as doctor a little too soon. Let me back up. So Ashley Bonnet, third year student, University of Tennessee, Brittany Campbell, Texas A&M University, Hannah Evans, Iowa State University, Morgan Falk, University of Wisconsin, and finally Taylor Tuso from Auburn University. And uh, just to note that this is an opportunity to uh, make a little bit of a dent in that huge student debt that they're each occurring as they go through veterinary school. Uh, finally, I'd like to just touch on uh, a session that I was able to attend on Tuesday and that was uh, re-emerging and emerging diseases. There was lots of really good topics in that, and I would encourage you to spend a little time uh, on the uh, accessing those on the AAP 
online version. Uh, the ones that I was able to attend, one was Dr. Gisla Hussey's presentation on the EHV-1 and EHM. I would really encourage that. She did a great review of not only the pathogenesis of EHV-1, but she also discussed an EHM model that hopefully um, may be one that we can lean upon in the future to look at different vaccine candidates for that. Yeah, and uh, I want to remind our listeners that we did have an interview with her earlier this year on disease du jour. So if you're interested in more, go watch that presentation. And, and if you're still hungry, maybe go back and listen to the disease du jour we had with her. She was an incredible speaker for us. Great. Um, Dr. Luis Ario from the Ontario Veterinary College uh, spoke on rickettsial species or rickettsial diseases. And I would encourage uh, any of you that feel like you're maybe in a part of the country that does not experience uh, Potomac horse fever-like uh, organisms or infections, you may want to review that because it seems as though it's no longer just an East Coast problem, but it's across the United States. And he did a great job just getting through all the information and reminding us how that disease occurs and takes place. Uh, Dr. Nicola Pasterla was the uh, session moderator, but he also presented on coronaviruses and some good uh, information in respect to even SARS. CoV-2 and some work that he did uh, looking at the uh, possibilities of that transmitting or moving over into the horse population. And so as a teaser, I would say uh, go check that session out and hear from him. He also reminding us that equine coronavirus uh, has multiple different clinical presentations. And once again, take and review that on the online version. I think it's a good reminder to me to keep that on the watch list when we have fevers of unknown origin. Uh, finally, Dr. Lutz Gehring from the Gluck Research Facility uh, spoke on gamma herpes virus, EHV2 and EHV5. They are so challenging to try to understand when we get a positive test back. And he did a great job just reviewing the data and information that we have currently to lean on. That's what I have for you, Kim. Well, those are great. We really appreciate you bringing those to us. And next, we're going to call on Dr. Craig. So, Dr. Craig, what did you come away with at AAP you'd like to share with some folks? Today's Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the maker of prestige vaccines, Banamine, Panicure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community through programs such as the Respiratory Biosurveillance Program at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. Well, Kim, I just first of all would reiterate what Dr. Chappell mentioned in the beginning, that it was so great to be back with people and getting to uh, exchange pleasantries in person and have those conversations in the exhibit hall and, and out in the hallways between meetings and dinners and things like that just um, kind of brought new life back to what we do and um, certainly welcome that change from the past couple of years. And what I'm going to talk about are things that kind of that happen on, on each end of the day. So um, the first thing I wanted to cover 
was a sunrise session on Sunday morning that Dr. Nicola Pisterla and Dr. Kevin Corley teamed up with. Um, <clears throat> and Dr. Pisterla spoke on some emerging diseases and then a little bit on diclazaril and treatment of EPM. Um, and the thing he highlighted um, on the emerging diseases was an outbreak of EHV1 that was a new genotype that we weren't aware of. Um, and kind of the <clears throat> take home message there was to make sure your diagnostics don't exclude a new strain. So um, it wasn't classified as the, you know, as what we think of now as the neuropathogenic or non-neuropathogenic um, strains. It, it was a novel strain that occurred up in Pennsylvania and he detailed that outbreak and and what they found through that diagnostic process and it was very interesting to hear about and um, kind of see how that played out in that group of horses. Um, and then he also spoke about a, a project that we actually cooperated with him on looking at diclazaril in a group of yearlings and um, looking at a control and a treated group and how their titers and pharmacokinetics um, change over the course of a six month period. So anybody that sees EPM and is interested in some um, different applications of diclazaril would be interested in hearing that talk and lots of good information there as well. And then the, the next thing I want to highlight is, is something that Ron McDaniel and Merck are proud to have started at AEP, and that's the what we call Vet Story Night. So um, this, I believe, is the fourth year of it and, um, you know, started with humble beginnings and has grown to quite a production now. And I'm, I'm proud to say, and, and this isn't an official number, but pretty close, we were able to raise in excess of $300,000 for the foundation for the horse in that night. That's so awesome. um, we had three veterinarians, very talented veterinarians and Dr. Sam Crosby, Dr. Evans and uh, Monty McInturf get up and uh, put on a quite a show. And then we were also treated to three outstanding songwriters from the Nashville area who've had many, many hits and garnered many awards for their work. So um, this event has quickly become a can't miss when you come to AEP. And I would encourage everybody in the future, as soon as you register to purchase your tickets, because it quickly sold out for this right. year. And, um, you know, it's, it's just something that has become the buzz around the exhibit hall and, and in the meeting rooms uh, it, because it just becomes so entertaining. And, and Ron's done an outstanding job as the MC and organizer. And AEP has stepped in. Keith Klein has done a tremendous job helping with that as well. And we had a couple of different additional sponsors this year. And uh, Merck, <clears throat> Zoetis, and then MVA came in as, as a sponsor as well. So um, a, a cooperative across the industry. So that was great to see and just a really, really fun night. And then the third thing that I wanted to touch on um, was the ethics breakfast. And this is something that I've attended every year they put it on. Um, and it's kind of been a cooperation with Merck and Zoetis' sponsors. And this year was moderated by our own Dr. Chapel, who you just heard from. And it's always very enlightening 
always um, a pleasure to hear everybody discuss cases and and how we go about handling those difficult situations from euthanasias to show horse medicine to things that might happen on the racetrack and and see and hear that dialogue between people from across the country with different backgrounds and different perspectives and it truly opens your mind to a lot of different things and you know allows you to kind of work through some of those situations without being in the heat of battle and so i've i've really appreciated that session and it continues to grow and it's something that i would recommend to, to everybody to attend um you i guarantee you're going to learn something and i would also guarantee if you've been in practice for a day a year or a career you would have something to add to the discussion so that was <clears throat> a, a really great one and I, I bring all these up just as kind of a reminder that you know the regularly scheduled sessions during the day are important but there's a lot of great offerings early in the morning and, and in the evening as well that you don't want to miss out on and we know that jo Dr. Chapel was deeply involved in the, the ethics committee itself and in this breakfast. Do you have anything to add to that, Dr. Chapel? Uh, one thing that uh, I'd like to highlight is Dr. Ernie Martinez did a presentation at the beginning of that session this year uh, and put together a very nice ethical model that uh, practices could lean upon to develop their own spe specific program uh, for their practice. His presentation will be available on the ethics tab of the AAEP website down the road so practices can refer to that and reach out to him with other needs or specific requests. He's made himself available to have interest to help develop that type of a curriculum, if you will, within the, the management workings of a practice. Well, that's that's great news. That's um something that I think every practice needs to consider. Okay, and last but not least, Dr. Schneider. So what caught your attention at AAP? Hi, Kim. Hi, everybody. Um, same as Dr. Chapel and Dr. Craig, uh, I'll reiterate, you know, I think everybody was really excited to be there in person that could be there in person. Um, I certainly was one of those people that was excited to be there and, and see a bunch of people I hadn't seen in a couple of years uh, and meet a bunch of new people that I, I hadn't had the pleasure of meeting yet. So um, it was great to see everybody in Nashville and can't wait for San Antonio next year. Um, and also I can't, you know, I have a couple of things different, of course, than what uh, Dr. Craig and Dr. Chapel highlighted, but I have to put another kind of uh, two cents in on the um, storytelling Nashville style. You know, I think that was really like a once in a lifetime opportunity um, to see those singer songwriters, you know, that wrote a lot of the songs that we've uh, heard on the radio and to see them perform in person. It was just amazing. So I'm really thankful I was able to be there for that. Um, and as Dr. Craig, you know, says, it just gets bigger and better every year. And so we'll see what San Antonio brings for us. I'm, I'm looking forward to that for sure. So the, the sessions that I uh, would like to highlight, um, something a little different than, than we've had in the past, I think, uh, was the Saturday session um, for veterinarians' role in emergency management. And, you know, it's, it was on Saturday, so before kind of the welcome reception and everything kind of kicked off. But, um, you know, it seems like AEP is getting bigger and better every year, and they're kind of trying to sneak in sessions whenever they can. Uh, so I hope that that was recorded and will be available as part of the AAEP um, on demand because it was, I think, really helpful 
for me, I'm I'm a veterinarian that has not participated in disaster relief in the past, but I do have interest in doing that potentially in the future, but certainly have a lot of questions about uh, what I might be getting myself into if I do that. And uh, this afternoon, I only was able to catch half of it, so I'm hoping I can catch the first two sessions that I missed um, on demand. But I was able to see the last two sessions, which were injuries and illness commonly encountered in disaster response. So what kind of cases are we likely to run into if treating horses um, that have been involved in or affected by a disaster, uh, fires, floods, et cetera. Um, and that's kind of the nitty gritty, right? Like, am I qualified? Uh, yes, you know, as, as a veterinarian, but you know, how, what's my comfort level going to be um, treating these types of, of cases. And I was happy to see that, you know, it's something that I think like, oh, I could do that, <laughs> um, and, and be helpful in some way. And then, uh, the last session as part of that block was an overview of critical incident stress and resiliency for veterinary medical first responders. And, you know, that's certainly part of the questions that I have, uh, about getting involved in disaster relief. You know, I want to help and, uh, be of service any way I can, but also kind of wonder how might that affect me? Um, you know, and what kind of using their term, uh, what kind of baggage might I take home and how have people that have done this work, uh, dealt with that. And I think that's, um, you know, a healthy thing to think about before you jump in. Um, and the people that, uh, presented, so the, the session was moderated by Dr. John Madigan and then doctors, uh, Bissett, Easterwood, Lieberman, and Saunder, um, all of whom have a lot of experience um, working on horses and other animals uh, affected by disasters. So I really appreciated um, all their experience um, that they could share. So encourage other people that might have some maybe interest or questions uh, about that to check that out. And then Another fantastic presentation that I was really looking forward to, and it definitely uh, lived up to my hopes and expectations um, and probably surpassed them, was the keynote presentation. And that was presented by Megan Johnson. And uh, she has written a book about generational differences. Actually, she wrote it with her dad, which I thought was pretty interesting. I haven't read the book, uh, but plan to, to check it out. And the title was Zap the Gap, um, the title of the presentation, I should say, not the book, um, Zap the Gap, Generational Differences Examined. Um, and this is certainly a timely topic um, for, um, you know, what's happening in really the workforce, not just equine practice, right? I mean, it's workforce everywhere, no matter what you do for work, um, but certainly affecting us here at, in AAP and in equine practice and industry. And I thought that Megan did really a fantastic job discussing the differences between the generations in the workforce, but even better yet, she really highlighted the similarities between the generations. And I think, you know, obviously the different generations, when we're all working together, we are at different points in our lives, um, just by, you know, the definition of generations. Um, so we are different ages, um, but the older generation, has had very similar experiences that the younger generation is having now. Um, and I think that can be forgotten or, um, you know, just not really highlighted or thought about when we're, when we're talking about all working together. And, um, you know, I think it's a valuable, um, a valuable 
perspective that she she brought to it. And then she really did it all with humor um, and a lot of energy. And so it made the presentation really engaging um, and one that I would definitely check out on demand um, if you weren't able to be there live. And then uh, the last kind of afternoon or, or session block that I'll highlight uh, today is the Sunday afternoon uh, keeping equine practitioners in equine practice track. And, you know, this um, retention um, in equine practice was definitely, uh, I think, on the tip of everyone's tongues and the front of everyone's minds um, at this AAEP. And uh, that's because it's, you know, on our minds all the time, not just at this convention. Uh, it's something that, you know, all stakeholders um, that have anything to do with equine veterinary medicine, um, you know, it's important. This is important doesn't really cover it. I think this is vital to the future of the health of the horse. You know, we need to make sure that there are veterinarians available to to treat the horses in this country. Um, and then, you know, of course, horse, horse owners need help. Um, practice owners need help. Um, you know, new practitioners need help. I mean, this is all something that affects everybody. Um, and I, I was really pleased to see the um, this afternoon on the, the schedule. And I thought they did a really good job of organizing this, this afternoon block in kind of a stepwise fashion. Um, you know, they first covered data about the retention problem and about, um, you know, really the numbers of, of how many coming in, how many coming out, um, data on salaries, things like that. Um, and then they reported on the initial findings of the AAEP retention task force. And they kind of titled these two sessions uh, as kind of what we know, uh, presenting the data. And then they followed that uh, with a panel discussion. And that was really amazing. Um, you know, they they brought people to this panel to talk about their personal experiences that they uh, went through or experienced being equine practitioners, and they are no longer equine practitioners. And so uh, it's, you know, maybe a subset of the population that we don't necessarily hear from a lot. Uh, I thought they did a great job being uh, candid, but also uh, respectful. And, you know, all of them voiced their love of equine practice. Um, you know, this certainly was not just a complaining session. Uh, this was just, this is, this was my experience. And this is, these are the things that led to me making the decision to leave equine practice. And uh, they kind of titled that session, the, the what happens. So we had what we know, what happens. And then the next group of presentations uh, were kind of filed under what could help. So it wasn't just presenting the problems. It was also, you know, let's talk about some potential solutions. And of course the AAEP retention task force, you know, that's kind of the next step uh, of course, you know, is finding ways that we could help, um, you know, now that we have a lot of information. And so there were three presentations uh, during that block. And first Dr. Caitlin Daly uh, discussed uh, finding success and satisfaction in solo practice. And that was a really inspiring um, presentation just about her, the benefits of being in solo practice. And then Martha Malakot, um, I think that's how you say your name, Malico. Sorry if I mispronounced it. Uh, she talked about, um, or titled her talk, Better Together, Utilizing an Emergency Cooperative to Prevent Burnout. Uh, so spreading the load there. 
And then uh, Dr. Kelly Zaytunian talked about alternative schedules and practice roles, rethinking industry norms can promote more valuable and sustainable businesses. So overall, I thought there were a lot of um, diverse presentations covering a lot of topics. I just realized that none of mine really covered um, you know, primary science, but there was a lot of that too. I'm glad that Dr. Chappell and Dr. Uh, Craig uh, highlighted some of those sessions. Um, there's always so much uh, scientific information that's shared at AUP, um, and you can find all that on demand too. So thanks for the opportunity to discuss some things, and I hope that everybody enjoyed it or will enjoy it on demand. Thanks, Kim. Well, we really appreciate it, and we want to Shout out a big thank to you guys for joining us on this episode of Disease Du Jour. We thank our listeners for joining us. And we're happy to let you know that Merck Animal Health, Health will again sponsor the Disease Du Jour podcast in 2022. So yay! We really appreciate their partnership in this podcast. And we focused a lot of episodes in 2021 on topics pertinent to veterinarians in the field. So if you missed any of those go back and, and check them out. We had some great podcasts. And next year, uh, again, talking about the retention as top of mind in a lot of folks, we're going to focus quite a few of the podcasts toward those veterinarians who are early in their careers. But don't worry, we'll make sure to have great tips and information for the practitioners, no matter your age of stage of practice. So we remind you to listen and rate episodes of Disease Du Jour on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And if you have any questions or suggestions, you can send an email to me at kbrown at equinenetwork.com. Disease Du Jour is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC. 